0: HR Trends is a weekly podcast featuring interviews with leading experts in the field of human resources. Produced by Unum, HR Trends draws from the deep bench of subject matter experts at Unum, as well as industry partners and national HR thought leaders. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice, and it's for general educational purposes only. If you need legal advice on a particular situation, please contact your own attorney.
1: Welcome to HR Trends, a podcast that features the industry's leading experts discussing complex HR policy, compliance, best practices and people management. I'm your host, Claire Morin, and my guest again today is Ellen McCann, a national thought leader on leave management and the assistant vice president legal counsel at Unum's Employment Law Group. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you, Claire. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am still encased in my home, as are you (laughs) in your home. We're recording remotely uh, and we're continuing to track this, you know, um, fast changing uh, uh, pandemic of COVID-19 in the U.S. Um, We're really grateful to you, Ellen, as well as Laura Kilmartin, who was in our previous episode, um, just for offering your expertise during this time. Uh, and today, we're actually going to be doing a bit of a deep dive into the Emergency Paid Sick Leave Act. So, Ellen, maybe you could sort of give us a bit of an overview of, of what we're up to today, giving the context of the broader legislation.
0: Right, Claire. So we've been talking about the last few episodes. We've talked about the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, and there are really two components to that law. There's an expansion of FMLA, and then there's an emergency paid sick leave component. Today, we're really going to focus just on that emergency paid sick leave component and dive a little bit deeper into that and get into more of the specific questions that we've been seeing that a lot of employers are struggling with right now. Exactly. And actually, we've just
1: heard Ellen speak on a Unum webinar um, on the sort of broader Families First Coronavirus Re- Response Act. Uh, so we will be linking to that in the episode show description. Uh, it's probably another really helpful resource for visual learners. Um, so please do check out that. So let's begin then with this paid sick leave component of the um, legislation and maybe we just begin with if if you can just answer who this applies to which organizations this applies to
0: So this will apply to any employer that has less than 500 employees, and the measurement period of when the employer should determine how many employees it has is as of the time the employee is going to be using the paid sick leave. Um, So the employer needs to look to determine if they have less than 500 employees, and in doing that, they need to look at all of their employees on their payroll, full-time, part-time, all employees in the U.S. They're not counting any uh, expatriates or employees who are working outside of the US. And they also need to count any joint employees. So that would be any employees of, let's say, a temporary agency who is assigned to work uh, for the employer. Got it. So how much leave do these employees are they entitled to? So an employee is entitled to two weeks of their normal schedule. And so if an employee is normally scheduled, for instance, to work 40 hours a week, that employee would be entitled to 80 hours of paid sick leave. Uh, Full-time employee under the provisions of this law is defined as any employee who works 40 hours or more per week and anyone who works less than 40 hours or more per week is defined as a part-time employee. Regardless it is a uh, 2 weeks of the employee's normally scheduled work week.
1: What if you have some employees who have really different schedules week to week, you know, who who what how would a sort of employer calculate how much time that you know, is there an average they would
0: create? Yes. And so they would look back uh, six months. If the employee has been employed with them for six months, they would look over the prior six months and take an average of the weeks that the employee worked within that six month period. If the employee didn't work for six months, then they would look to the entire period of time the employee was actually employed. So, and what are
1: the reasons that an employee would be able to take this paid sick leave?
0: So there are two different categories uh, of leave reasons an employee can use the time. The first is if the employee themselves is either subject to a quarantine order or perhaps their healthcare provider has told them to self-quarantine or the employee has some kind of medical condition that is necessitating that they do not work um, and that there is actually work for them and they do not work because of that. So that's kind of the first bucket or category of leave reasons. Second is if the employee cannot work because of issues that relate to another individual. So either the employee has a child whose place of school is closed and the employee has to care for them so they cannot work, or the employee perhaps has to take care of an individual who is the subject of a quarantine order, or their healthcare provider has advised them to self-quarantine.
1: What about other uh, the situations occurring where perhaps somebody decides to self-quarantine, you know, they may, may be exhibiting some of the symptoms. Um, would they then uh, automatically be able to uh, um, sort of have access to this form of paid leave? Are there any conditions around that?
0: There are conditions around this. And so in order for an employee to be able to receive The emergency paid sick leave, they either have to be subject to a quarantine order, and that can include a shelter in place order um, if, in fact, it prevents the employee from working. Um, But if the employee themselves just decides, I have symptoms, I'm going to self quarantine, the employee cannot take leave for that reason unless the employee is also receiving or, or seeking a diagnosis. So that employee who perhaps is having symptoms, they need to actually contact their healthcare provider and be seeking a diagnosis in order to be eligible to receive the emergency paid sick leave.
1: Okay. And so the employer would essentially sort of encourage them to get in touch with their medical provider to get sort of guidance.
0: Correct. And they would have to tell the employer the name of the medical provider that Mm -hmm. advised them to quarantine or that they were seeking medical advice from. Okay, wonderful. The I have another question around the
1: telework element here. So it sounds like um, they are say they're under quarantine order they' if if they can't work from home. So can you just unpack that telework aspect of it?
0: Right. And so all of these leave reasons will apply to an employee who cannot work. And that's kind of the basic foundation of everything that's in the Family First Coronavirus Act is that the employee cannot work because of a reason related to COVID-19. So telework is included in a way that an employee can work. So if an employer has work for the employee and has allowed them to work from home, the employee then cannot do that because of one of the covered reasons related to COVID-19, that would be a qualifying reason for emergency sick leave. However, if the employer is closed, let's say they're closed either because there's a quarantine order that provides that they can't stay open, they're not an essential business, or there's just not enough work because of COVID-19, that is not a time when an employee would be able to take paid sick leave. Because the employee actually has to have work available to them and they have to be prevented from working, whether it's at home or in the office, because of a covered COVID-19 reason.
1: Okay, that's clear. Thank you. Uh, So I'm guessing then my next question, which is what about employees who are furloughed? In that case, because in that situation there isn't any work for them, do they therefore not apply? Are they not, you know, does this leave not apply to them?
0: It does not apply to them because, again, there's no work there for them to do. And so if they're furloughed, they're not entitled to paid sick leave. They may, however, be entitled to unemployment. um, And that's something we just want to throw out there to make sure uh, that employers and employees are keeping in mind there are other resources available to an employee outside of the emergency paid sick that we are talking about today.
1: And for the emergency paid sick, did you say there was the their own issue that would be preventing them from working and then the issue of taking care of a child or an individual? Is that correct?
0: Correct. So there are two separate reasons why the employee can take emergency paid sick to care for someone other than themselves. And the first is they're caring for an individual who is either subject to a quarantine order or whose healthcare provider has told them to self-quarantine. In that case, we're looking at an individual. And the definition of individual is anyone the employee has a relationship with such that it would be expected that the employee would take care of them if they were quarantined. So a very close family member, perhaps a roommate. Um, So that's one category or one reason why the employee can take leave. The employee can also take the paid leave if they have a child whose place of care is closed. And because of that closure, they're needed to care for that child. And so they cannot work. Very different from caring for an individual who is subject to quarantine. Here, it's school closure. The only covered relationship there is that it's actually the employee's child, son or daughter, as defined under the FMLA.
1: Right. And I remember um, going back to episode I think it was episodes three and four, which is part one and part two, where we first started unpacking this family's first coronavirus response act. Um, you also mentioned this could involve um, somebody o- over the age of 18 who may have a disability that requires care. Um, so they would also apply in this situation?
0: Yes, they do meet the definition of son or daughter. So it still has to be the employee's son or daughter. So it can be biological stepchild, adopted child, Um, And that child can be over the age of 18 as long as they are incapable of caring for themselves because of a disability. Excellent. So could we talk a little bit about the paid element of this, of how
1: much of their salary they would be being paid um, and whether there are caps here?
0: There are definitely caps and the caps and as well as the percentage of income the employee will receive depend on the reason why the employee is taking leave. So if we go back to kind of our original uh, categories or buckets of leave reasons, if the employee is taking this emergency paid sick due to their own reasons, so either the employee is quarantined or they have some health issues, The employee is entitled to receive paid sick. That is the equivalent to 100% of the employee's wages. But there is a cap. The most an employee can make is $511 a day. If the employee is using the time to care for either an individual or to care for a child whose school is closed, in that instance, they can only receive up to two thirds of their regular rate of pay with a cap of $200 per day. So, Ellen, we mentioned at the beginning that the paid sick um, part
1: is one of two components to this family's first coronavirus response act. Um, how does this piece relate to that second piece, which is the emergency FMLA?
0: It relates in that there's one reason that is actually crosses over both components of the law, and that is for the employee's child school closure. So in addition to be able to take two weeks of emergency paid sick if the child's school is closed and the employee needs to care for them, that also is a new leave reason for an employee to take emergency FMLA. So that is really the only component of this that crosses over both pieces of the legislation.
1: Okay, great. And if you need a sort of a run through of the the sort of higher level, these two components do go back to a previous episode, uh, episodes three and four, where we unpack that uh, as the legislation was coming out, Ellen was guiding us and, and really helping to explain the landscape. Ellen, I wondered if I could ask you one question, which uh, a friend of mine actually brought up yesterday to me. Uh, she's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is one of these uh, the hotspots right now in the U.S. Um, you know, states that are really uh, reeling from the number of infections and hospitalizations. She was asking just about the context for really the smaller end of small business. So under 50 employees, for example, they don't usually deal with FMLA. Um, Perhaps they've never had any paid sick program. And if there, you know, she was wondering, you know, for the mom and pop style shops, um, are there any exceptions for them with this? Um, Which I understand is a very difficult question, because at the same time, those workers, you know, very much need these benefits.
0: There may very well be an exception for them, but it depends on a couple of different factors. So uh, there is a provision in the new law that says that an employer that has fewer than 50 employees, and that's going to include a religious or nonprofit employer as well, uh, can be exempt from providing paid sick leave in a few very specific situations. So this will only apply to paid sick leave that the employee is looking to take for school closure. So that's the first um, criteria we need to keep in mind. And it will also only occur if that small employer is experiencing some pretty significant impacts from having to give that leave. And so in order to take advantage of the exemption, an authorized officer of that small company has to determine that either the employer's operations would stop or would halt to a minimum capacity, or absence of the employee would cause substantial risk to the financial well-being of the company, or that if this employee is granted leave, there will not be enough qualified employees to get the work done. So yes, it is possible. It is possible if the employee is taking leave, again, only for the reason of school closure, but the employer will have to be able to document that it's creating that level of hardship for that small business. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that, at least right now, the DOL has stated that employers should not send any paperwork or documentation to them or any other governmental agency if they're seeking to use this exemption, they have suggested that at least for right now, those small businesses document those reasons and keep those documents at their own facilities in case they're needed later.
1: Got it, so that's helpful context. So if the employee is actually diagnosed with, for example, COVID-19 that there wouldn't be the exception, but if it was the case where their child's school was closed and such, that's where the exception would come into play?
0: Correct. So if the employee is subject to the quarantine order or the uh, health care provider has ordered the employee to self quarantine, those employees will still be entitled to have the leave. It will okay. only really be for those employees who are taking the time for school closure. And I think the rationale behind that, as we mentioned earlier, is that this is the only reason that overlaps both the emergency FMLA and the emergency sick. So that would have a much greater impact for employers because that can potentially be 12 weeks of leave. Okay,
1: great. And and also, I just wanted to mention any small businesses listening who, you know, wanting to keep their employees on the payroll, um, do go back to our previous episode, which we came out, Um, earlier this week. Uh, We have Laura Kilmartin from our government affairs um, organization, and she really clearly explains that paycheck protection program and the funding available to small businesses. So do be sure to go and listen to that if you haven't yet. And just a quick heads up, next episode, um, every Tuesday we release a new episode. Today was a special edition just to help clarify some of these really important elements. Next Tuesday, we're going to be bringing um, into the conversation uh, Laurie Mitchell, who is a wonderful expert at Unum um, around wellness. You know, a good time to stop, breathe, breathe. <laughs> And really talking about how we can be helping employees really cope with this new reality and potentially a lot of working from home situations. Um, Many difficult issues are coming up right now, and we're going to be bringing in some experts to help offer some really helpful resources to companies of all sizes. So please tune in next Tuesday. And as I mentioned, um, we do have Uh, Ellen has been appearing in some really useful webinars. Please head to our website to uh, find those resources. We'll also include links in our show description. So thank you, Ellen, so much. Um, Stay well and and healthy. Uh, And thank you to our audience. Just a quick note, um, you can contact us. We actually have a phone number. You can call us, 207-200-6685. Um, give us a call. We, We would love to hear from you and make sure that we're addressing your top concerns during this time. So thank you so much, Ellen. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.